This is the Mobile Tech Podcast, brought to you by worldpodcasts.com. Now here's your host, tech girl, Miriam Joie. Brought to you by Audible. Stay tuned for a special offer at the end. Hi, and welcome to the Mobile Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Miriam Joie, and today is Thursday, March 26, 2020, and my guest is TK Bay. Hey, TK, how are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. How are you? It's been a minute, actually, since we've seen each other. But It's a little crazy right now, as you know, with the stay-at-home stuff and yeah. the virus. I hope everybody out there in my listeners' audience is safe. Of course. Um, I hope all you and yours are safe as well. Yes, yes. I've been basically home for about a week and a half now. Actually, man, I keep forgetting. I, I swear, I woke up this morning thinking it was Friday, but it's not. <laughs> it's, it's just, yeah, um, it, it, we're okay. We're home. And yeah, days are blending into each other. For sure. It's the danger when you work from home. I work from home all the time, so it always feels like Friday. Uh, <laughs> but uh, seriously, though, it's Huawei P40 launch day today. Yes. Happy Huawei P40 launch day. <laughs> We both, I think, posted some content on it, and you yep. know we've had it for a couple of days, so definitely. For sure. We both have a phone, so P40 and P40 series in general, there's three phones, right? Uh, yeah, so the uh, the announcement today was actually covering the... He, he kind of brought it in at the end. So there's the standard P40, and there's the P40 Pro, which is the one that we have. And I think there's also going to be a P40 Pro Plus. Or Correct. I, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what I know. Like the, the the granddaddy of, of all, I didn't hear anything about a uh, like an X size uh, model, you know, like how we generally have like a bigger oh, yeah. version of it. So uh, didn't hear that, but yeah, three three different P40 line of devices on top of the P40 Lite, I guess that came out not that long ago. So that's be, right. So that's four, but three announced today. Yeah. So I mean, what's your take, generally speaking, on this launch? I mean, before we dive into the only one that we know a lot about, since we both have it, exactly. Um, What's your take? Uh, so this was a, an interesting launch for Huawei because this was one of their, I think this is their first launch to be virtual, right? They didn't actually have an audience uh, with there and uh, it was done internationally uh, and in multiple languages, which I, that was a surprise to me. I didn't realize they had an Arabic uh, feed going on at oh, the same time. Oh, they did? That's really cool. They did. And um, luckily when I found out about that, I, I reached out to my contact and I'm like, can I have the, the Arabic one as well? So I posted both of those about an hour before they went live. And, um, you know, I, I have to say, I'm, I'm interested in, in the way, in the tech that's behind the device. I, and I think the launch was actually quite a successful launch. If you think about it from what they wanted to achieve, they got yeah. the message, they got people to talk about it. Uh, and obviously it's in the news and it is P40 day. So from that sense, I feel like they had a good successful launch. Um, it was interesting to, to see that there was still some kind of background uh, clap clapping in the background as as he was making his announcements uh, and i wasn't sure if that was played in or was there actual people sitting in front of him you know watching <laughs> his presentation but yeah you know, i didn't actually watch it It was way too early in the morning for me to do that sorry i was just i had the info from our you know briefing <laughs> exactly so yeah. i was just like i'm just gonna read up on it when i wake up and post my videos i, I was um, editing the video that i posted so i was like editing and watching at the same time i'm like nice i wish i could record video to add some of the because they gave us so much more info obviously in the in in the in the presentation than the I guess the the pre-briefing that we had or you know any kind of early info that we had was was not complete. No, that's right. Um I mean that's the thing we were briefed and we were sent devices but I I even requested specs after our briefing they didn't send me anything. So 
You want to hear this? And again, I want to give a, a thumbs up to our friends at GSM Arena, who somehow had most of the specs in their database um, before. Quite a bit of it, yes. I was very surprised. And that's what uh, I used for my unboxing video because there's so much I didn't know. They, they told us about the basics, mm -hmm, you know, yeah. camera features, uh, you know, processor, uh, battery size, display, but they didn't tell us uh, anything really about like things like, you know, more nitty gritty detail. And so I was like, let's just use what GSM Arena has. They're pretty mm -hmm. much on top of it usually. And uh, we'll go from there, right? I, yeah, I agree. I, I actually did get a chance to check them out because when I reached out, they told us, uh, I guess from what I understand is that there would be a press release with the specs uh, right after launch. So uh, they were holding that closer to more after, which I, I feel like you know they've done in the past. And I, I was able to kind of figure out most of the things I needed for the initial impressions. Um, but I realized that, that I didn't cover everything. There's a lot of things on this device uh, that uh, are unique to it, that are new, yeah. like the new assistant, the new side launcher for uh, multitasking, uh, the you know the refresh rate, which we didn't hear about, but we uh, we got a chance to see directly in the settings. You know, those are things that are cool. I like them. So let's cover the specs quickly on the P40 Pro, which is the phone we have, and then let's kind of go sideways, left and right, and cover mm -hmm. the differences between this phone we both have, the Pro, and the P40 Non-Pro, and then the P40 Pro Plus. Yeah. Um, so I'll start with the P40 Pro quickly, like just the, the, the core basics. Mm -hmm. All right, so we've got a 6.58-inch OLED display. Uh, it's curved on four sides, which is really interesting. I'm not a big waterfall screen person, but this has mm -hmm. waterfalls on left and right as usual for a lot of phones, but also top and bottom. But the corners stand out as kind of like essentially bumpers in a way, right? To yeah. protect um, from breakage if you were to drop the phone. Uh, it has 1200 by 2640 pixel resolution, which is a really weird resolution between 1080p and 1442K. Yeah, it's it's somewhere in, right in the in between. So, but it's it's hard to call it two K, and it's hard to call it. It's 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 you know HD plus. I kind of like it to be honest with you. I feel that maybe we need more displays that are kind of halfway because you don't necessarily need you know two K, but ten eighty p on a larger screen like six point something better than five generally mm -hmm. starts being a little crunchy. I mean, not to my eyes. My eyes are crap. So but I think <laughs> a lot of people who are, you know, I think the sweet spot's like 450 DPI or mm -hmm. PPI in my in my opinion. And this is 441. So it's pretty good. You know, if it was 1080p, it'd be down the 300s, right? So exactly. No, no. And, and I think they said it a few times in the launch. Uh, you know, this is more than your eye can even recognize. So it's yeah. like, but you could definitely see it. And, and I love the fact that they married that with the higher refresh rate so that's that and was that's a surprise a big to me key thing right 90 yeah. hertz no it's not 120 like the fine the oppo fine x2 pro or like the galaxy s20 series but mm -hmm. honestly look my opinion is if you get to 90 you're already pretty good like i'm not noticing a huge difference between 90 hertz refresh and 120 but yeah. you know when i was you know way younger and you know cathode ray tube computer displays were still a thing like before they were flat panels before they were you know when they were still glass and yeah. electron beams i remember reading uh, this you know perception study that said that the sweet spot for our eyes for refresh is 72 hertz anything below 72 hertz we start seeing flicker and we mm -hmm. start seeing like tearing 
and anything above 72 hertz starts looking smooth to us. And so 90 hertz to 120 hertz, we don't really notice a huge difference. We notice a difference, especially for scrolling, mm. but we don't notice a huge difference. So to exactly. me, 90 is what I want. And honestly, I wouldn't use uh, this phone at 60 hertz, which you can set. Um, oh, yeah. No, no. Yeah. And it, I think it's the the fluidity of the UI, the updated, uh, you know, obviously the higher ref refresh rate married with the higher resolution on the display, you, you could definitely feel that the device is snappier. It, it's just, it, it's it's a very good um, combo and it just makes the device just feel so much faster. So I, I'm really I mean, happy that's, with that. That's true of all Huawei flagships. In, so they feel so snappy. And that's going to segue us in the next thing, which is the, the silicon. But before yeah. we do, I just want to quickly mention uh, that it does have an in-display fingerprint sensor and a uh, hole-punch oval camera setup. It's actually a full-on 3D uh, face scanning camera. Exactly, yeah. With also a, a front-facing camera. And so let's just quickly get the front-facing camera specs out of the way so we can go deep into the silicon. 32-megapixel uh, f of a 2.2, 0.8 micron with autofocus, which is, I think, pretty with cool. Exactly, yeah, right? time of flight. Time of flight sensor is basically the other camera on the front. That's mm -hmm. why there's an oval. So the silicon is interesting to me because this is the Kirin 990, which doesn't seem new really because it's been on the Mate 30 series and even on some uh, on some uh, Honor phones since then. Yeah, like the, 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 V30. V30, the V30 and the V30 Pro carry it, uh, but we've yeah. seen it like on the Mate 30 at least. I don't know if you, you had a, a chance to play with the 5G model. I uh, did not the play Mate with 30, the 5G version. Yeah, we even though it had the Kirin 990, it wasn't married with the 5G modem at, at launch. They had a 5G variant that came out later with the leatherback, and it yeah. was primarily for the Chinese market. So outside of China, we really haven't seen 5G on a Honor slash Huawei device till now. And this, we're going to talk about that in one second because there's a yeah. big other segue there. But before we do, I want to quickly say there's two versions of the 990. There's a 990 mm -hmm. non-5G and a 995G. And my sure. understanding is the 5G modem is integrated on the 5G yep. version and mm -hmm. that it is a low band, mid band only. It doesn't have millimeter wave. Uh, of course, millimeter wave is really, there's really only one carrier in the world right now with millimeter wave. Well, I shouldn't say one, but one that's really betting on it is Verizon. AT&T mm -hmm. and T-Mobile both have uh, millimeter wave in their respective markets in very small places like Vegas or whatever. Mm -hmm. And we all know the issues with millimeter wave 5G. It's super fast, but you pretty much need a, uh, a, a pico cell every block or every lamppost to make it work properly. And it's just not practical unless you're in a high-density venue like a stadium or, exactly. or an airport or something. And it's not there yet. So really, if, five, if you want to benefit from 5G right now, low band and mid band is where it's at because the frequencies are lower. It doesn't give you the same speed, but it gives you much better range and speed and lower latency and the ability to, to have more devices on the same, basically the same tower, right? Mm -hmm. So, so Kirin 990 5G is the default on the P40 Pro. And then we've got eight gigs of RAM and either 256 gigs of storage. Is there a 128 gig version? I thought there was. I think that's only on the P40. The, so oh, the P40 that's right. start, yeah. So when you go down to the P40, the entry level uh, model, it does have a lower uh, storage. But the Pro and the Pro Plus both start at 256, 256 8 and uh, eight gigs, and then you have 512 uh, options with expandable storage, which was very nice. Okay, so it is a 512. I thought there were two versions. And US, UFS 3, of course, you, you, you require that today, which, mm -hmm. uh, <clears throat> as an aside, this is one of my beefs with the V60. It does not have UFS 3 storage. 
Yeah, it, it depends on wh which app you're using to test. Uh, I mean, I I've had different apps, but we'll 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 keep that for the V for the V60. Yeah, uh, I think I feel for me the the issue here is it's not it's not something you, the average person is gonna notice. It's more like the speed at which apps can start the first time they start is is mm -hmm. kind of one of those things. But most phones today cache apps in RAM because they have so much RAM. Um, exactly. So Way you know, they, they even if they don't have them in RAM, RAM actually running, they keep a copy of the executable, the APK in RAM to start up faster than starting it from disk or from you you know file system. So. We're getting super nerdy here, but those of you who are computer <laughs> people totally understand what I'm saying. RAM disks are a thing. RAM disks saved our lives when we were using computers in the 80s and 90s because we, you know, we the performance difference between RAM and storage back then was insane. So exactly. that's it for the internal specs. Um, quickly talk about the battery and the charging systems. We've got a 4,200 milliamp hour battery. We've got 40 watt fast charging using the proprietary charger from Huawei. That's nothing the new. Box. The Mate 30 Yeah, exactly, and they include that. it in the box. Um, it's included in the box. You have to use the same charger and cable that's in the box because it's like up one in one plus. If you know they, the the entire basically food chain of charging is is uh, has chips in it and talks to each other to make sure nothing bad happens. Exactly. And uh, you know you can charge with PD and you get about 18 watt charging with PD and if you want to use their chargers to charge another phone it'll work just fine as a PD charger up to 18 watts as well um, but it's got 27 watts wireless wireless which yes. I think is really exciting I thought it had I thought it had more than 27 watts for some reason I thought they they said in the briefing it was 40 watt wireless so I, I, I couldn't double check that because we had we don't have any information from it, uh, and they were going through some of the information so fast. I, I want to say I, I think I'm on your, I'm on your side with. It. I thought it was faster than 27, uh, but I haven't had a chance to test it out, so it's hard for me to kind of gauge. Well, we it. don't uh, have a charger. That's the I problem. I was going to say, they yeah, there's. Us. You need a custom charger now. It's Qi compatible, so you can use any charger if you want to, like slow charge, 10 watt, 5 watt, 15 watt. Absolutely, any 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 charger on the market, but you need the original Huawei that uses Correct. the original charging brick anyway. So yeah. So that's, yeah. we don't know, but basically they, I thought it was higher than, because 27 watt is what they had already achieved on the Mate 30 mm -hmm. uh, Pro. So I don't, and of course it's got reverse wireless charging. Uh, oh, now yeah. the, the, let's go, let's go into the meat of it. All right. Because this is really where I, what I care about the most. Uh, and so actually before we do, we just talked about 5G and I want to just just mention it now because this is really exciting and mm -hmm. and this is the reason if you're listening to this right now you stay stay tuned because we're going to give you little snippets of stuff that we've discovered that are not really publicly known yet um because these phones are so new not because exactly. it's forbidden or anything i tested this phone with a at&t 5g sim um because on paper this phone supports band n5 which is 850 megahertz 5g on at&t and guess what? It works. So I'm getting two bars of 5G on AT&T with a valid AT&T 5G SIM on the P40 Pro. And it, the numbers aren't great because it's only two bars, but it works. And the latency is low. And ta-da. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? So me conversely, so I don't have AT&T, I don't have an AT&T 5G SIM, but I do have a T-Mobile uh, enabled SIM that does 5G. have 5G support. And I, honestly, till we talked about it, like right before the show started, I, I didn't think about even putting my SIM, my my T-Mobile one. I put in my AT&T in there because that's generally my testing SIM. And I wasn't getting LTE or 5G, but 
surprise, surprise, I am actually getting 5G. Uh, the 5G moniker shows up under T-Mobile directly in the in the uh, in the yeah. top bar now. I do need to go out. I need to uh, test hard. It. It's hard to say the word. I need to go out. Uh, at some point when I'm out doing some necessary, th- certain, uh, you know, important things and getting groceries and so on, I'll, I'll have a chance to test it out with a better signal. Uh, but yeah, I did. Uh, I did a quick test. I did. I was able to get 5G testing on it, uh, but uh, not not super fast 5G yet. I need better signal. I'm also sad. not getting super fast 5G. I don't have enough signal for AT&T either. Uh, but yeah. here's the exciting thing. The As it far was- as I know, Mm-hmm. At least un- until until you know you tested it and you're the first, so you should definitely write that up. Until then, um, there, that N seventy one band, which is the six hundred megahertz five G band for T Mobile, was not listed. In fact, if I look right now at the specs on GSM Arena, I still don't see N seventy one listed anywhere. So that, that's why I want to be able to to I want to test. I wanted. I definitely want to get a faster connection. To it be, gives to you data, sure. right? There is data. There's connectivity. I'm I'm routing. I'm I'm not on Wi-Fi, uh, and I'm able to do speed tests. It, it's not that it doesn't re- recognize it's it. Just slow. It's just it's just well. So I'm getting the maximum I was able to get was like eleven uh, eleven down and like five up. So those are by no. But means that's exactly 5G. what I'm getting on AT and T with two bars at of five G, and I think that's what you'd expect to get. To be honest with you, so no, yeah, and that's what it is. Uh, but I I know there's a spot that's about maybe twenty minutes away from where I am uh, that will make. Any any device on like on T-Mobile five G scream like one hundred and twenty easy. Oh yeah, that's uh, what you want to try for sure. That's what that's what that's the one I want to post. So yeah, hopefully I'll be able to get that today. Yeah, I need to find a spot. I'm look, I'm much more familiar with T-Mobile's five G than I am with with AT and T's low band. So mm-hmm. I need to find a spot to go to test myself. Uh, I don't know of a spot for AT and T to test. We'll find out. We'll let you know. You're gonna have a story about this, I'm sure. Like yeah any second after this podcast is over. So here's the thing. I'm getting maybe double the speed mm-hmm. that I'm getting on the P40 Pro with my V60 in the same location. And then, so that's when I was like, oh, maybe it's not optimized. But then here's the thing. I put that same SIM in my Galaxy S20, which is an unlocked 5G device. Mm-hmm. And I'm getting the same speed as on the P40 Pro. So I think the P40 Pro is working properly on AT&T 5G because... You know, I've noticed that with two bars of 5G in my current location, since we're stay at home, I'm at home. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very variable with the LG. Like the best I've gotten is 20 megabits down. The worst I've gotten is five. And I'm consistently getting around 10 with the P40 Pro and with the S20 as well. And the S20 is an officially sanctioned US-based unlocked, you know, 5G should have zero issues working on low band on any of these networks. So... I think these are working. I think if you're seeing a 5G signal on N71, 600 megaband, you know, low band T-Mobile 5G, mm-hmm. you're, you're getting 5G. It's just really slow. And from my experience extensively using the, the OnePlus, the 70 Pro McLaren edition. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was at I know that you're going to get 5 megabits per second at fringe, in fringe areas. It's not going to be that great. You know what I'm saying? No, no, it's not going to be the same that we had it, uh, in Maui when, when they were handing those guys out. That was, that was some crazy speeds in Maui. Yeah, that was pretty funny. All right, so let's, let's uh, quickly move on because I, we do have a lot to talk about, and I want to talk about the cameras. Of course. Um, so the good news, folks, is 5G on Timo and 5G on AT&T on this phone. 
So at this point, you're getting all excited. You're like, oh my God, I love Chinese phones and I love that they have all these crazy features. Why should I buy this phone? Well, it's the cameras as usual. This is, this is Huawei's camera imaging flagship and man, does it deliver. Oh my now, God. my first question to you, and you might not know this because mm -hmm. I don't, despite the briefing, despite the specs they gave us, I haven't been able to compare the numbers because I can't remember the exact numbers they gave us. Mm -hmm. Is the main sensor on the P40 Pro bigger, like surface area wise? Yes. Or smaller than the S20 Ultra? Oh, you know, I, I want to say that in the comparison that they did this morning, it was actually supposed to be bigger, but I... Is it I, the I biggest sensor we've ever seen on a smartphone? I have to, I have to double check. I did my my understanding is I know it was an as uh, I think it was like one over one over twenty eight, right? Yeah, and in all of their media, in all of their comparisons, their sensor was obviously the biggest. I'm googling it right now. Yeah, P forty Pro one over one twenty eight. Exactly. Etsy, does it say something? It should be able to there. I'm sure. And let me see the Samsung Ultra, the twenty Ultra. Um, we have. Oh, one over one point three three. Okay. So it is bigger. Yes, yes, and it's supposed to be actually a much more, uh, much better as far as the actual image quality. Because the number, if it's bigger, is actually a smaller sensor, correct? It's supposed to be bigger when it's smaller. Yeah. Yeah. So this is bigger than the sensor, the one hundred eight megapixel sensor on the Samsung phone. Now the one hundred eight megapixel sensor on the Samsung phone is point eight micron per pixel. Right? Mm -hmm. So it is. just think about this for a second. This is a 50 megapixel sensor on the P40 Pro. So now we're looking at pixels that are probably each pixel 1.6 micron or something close to that, 1.5 mm -hmm. micron. And they're binning them, you know, multiplying by two because they're quad binning. So we're looking at three ish micron binned pixels. That's maybe insane. I think it's a quad, but yeah, the this, the actual the the cameras on this, it they do this every year though, right? That, that they almost like they just wait to see what the other company does and they just go out and. But you know that they developed this way before they knew anything that's. Oh, abs absolutely, absolutely. The these sensors have been in development for years. It's it, it none of these things are developed and put together in in the amount of time available. But the way they've done it though with the P series, we you know you're getting the best possible tech they have that they're able to release today on the P-series. So now that we've established that it's got the mother of all sensors on any camera phones, actually, wait. No, 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 no. I need to check something. It's 2.44 uh, micron sensor. 808 PureView. Mm -hmm. 808 PureView. What was the sensor on that? Oh, my Remember? For <laughs> 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 those of you who are, we're still in diapers back then, no offense, um, but about 10 years ago, there was a phone from um, Nokia that had the biggest, oh, it's one over one, 1.2 so it's still bigger yeah but i think so it it's still not as big as the nokia 808 PureView from 10 years ago which had a 41 megapixel and it had 1.4 micron sensors so this is going to be around 1.2 microns i think pixels and quad binning them is going to give us about 2.4 i figure it's around 2.5 to 3 micron per binned 4x4 pixel that's insane the cameras are going to be ridiculous. I mean, well, that, that's that's what it's for. It's really meant for it to be the best performer. The question is how the processing and uh, basically, I mean, have you tried it in low light yet? 
I honestly have not. My focus has been on making those videos for launch, and now I'm finally going to take it out for a spin and let you know. So right. I, I will reserve that for next week uh, or something. Well, uh, keep some in mind that show. that 50 is with an RYYB configuration, so it's yeah. not a standard. Yeah, this is not a standard RGB as you've seen it with other cameras. But this is what the P30 Pro started doing and the Mate 30 Pro do as well. So this is a 50 megapixel, 1 over 1.28 mm -hmm. sensor, right? with exactly. a quad binning, quad buyer quad binning. So it's a, not just quad binning, it's not just it's combining buyer, pixel. Yeah. The color filter on top is already quad. And then it has an f of a 1.9 lens, which is a little slow, but here's the thing you know. If a sensor is bigger, if the aperture is a little small and the f-stop is a little bigger, doesn't really matter too much. You still get really narrow depth of field, so I'm not too worried about that. Oh yeah, look at that. GSM uh, Arena has actually updated their specs. It's 2.44 microns. And I assume that's pixel binned. That's mm -hmm. not the raw size of the pixels. It has OIS and it has focus pixels on each pixel. So that's pretty amazing. Uh, that's the main sensor. And then if you want, there's two more sensors. There's a 40 megapixel F over 1.8 ultra wide which, by the way, is the same sensor pretty much and specs as on the Mate 30 Pro. Get exactly. this, imagine an ultra-wide with 40 megapixels. This is not an RYYB sensor, though. It's a 40, it's a 40 megapixel RGB sensor, I'm pretty sure. Yes, so that one, they stuck with RGB. The RYYB is on the telescopic lens as well as the standard focal. Right, and so let's talk about that tele because, man, that tele is blowing my mind. 12 megapixel sensor with, we don't know the pixel size, but I'm assuming one micron, 1.2, maybe 1.4 micron, mm -hmm. f over 3.4, which for a, a telephoto is perfectly fine. Oh, yeah. Five times optical zoom with OIS, but as you said, it's an RYYB sensor, and, and in case you don't know what we're talking about and you're lost, you know, just Google it. Basically, RGB is normally the normal way of doing a sensor. It's actually technically RGGB, because yeah, there's, there's two green pixels, because we're more sensitive to green light. And then they replace those greens with yellow sensors instead. And the reason for that is because it's more sensitive to, uh, to light. So to light, it, it exactly. gathers more light and low light if it's yellow versus green. But then you need to, and this is a complicated thing. This is why, in my opinion, the P30 and the Mate 30 sometimes kind of fall apart a little bit in imaging, is that the color science, and even though they work with Leica, again, this is a Leica branded phone, Mm -hmm. Even though they work with Leica, it's difficult to get the colors accurate with RYYB sensors. And especially when you switch between sensors. So, you know, when you switch from the RYYB main sensor to, say, the ultra-wide RGB sensor, the white balance is going to be a little off. You're going to get a little different color science going on. And if they were all RYYB, this would be probably easier. But I'm surprised I just didn't take the 40 megapixel from the last year and put that in the ultra-wide. And that way they would have RYYB across the board and their color science would be easier to handle. Exactly. That's something that Apple has been doing it very nicely, especially with the color calibration between the two. Oh my lenses. God. And you know, Oppo, I feel, had a, did a very good job. The, the Fine X2 Pro is mm -hmm. one of the first Android phones I've used. And, and I have to give uh, Samsung props on the S20. I don't have the Ultra, but the S20 regular, um, the difference in uh, color between the three lenses uh, the three cameras, the three sensors, is very, very close. Uh, okay. I would say close enough that you wouldn't, you wouldn't notice any differences. Whereas, you know, other phones have had this problem for a long time. 
especially Huawei phones with this RYYB setup. So, you know, Apple's really nailed that, which makes the experience so seamless. And I think Samsung did a, a good job at replicating it, but I was really impressed with what Oppo did on the Find X2 Pro. It is super consistent across lenses and sensors and cameras. Mm -hmm. um, and that's the challenge with this setup, right? Exactly. It, and it's going to be something that I think we're getting closer to. I think, I mean, Huawei is definitely on the way to get there. But uh, that's something that from a creator standpoint, when they give you the ability of using all of these lenses in video, especially video because it stands out more, um, it just becomes such a, you know, it, it's a knee-jerk reaction. It's like, whoa, what happened to the colors? How, how do I change that? How do we fix that? So for me, I think it's nice that they are getting closer with the two out of the three. Uh, let's let's hope for three out of three next time, or maybe three, yeah. you know, four out of four with the next series. Definitely. And so the last thing that you should know about the rear camera is that it has a time of flight sensor as well. That's a fourth camera, very yep. similar to what we have in the front. Mm -hmm. uh, but instead of face for scanning faces for identification, instead of like a dot projector, it's much more of a range finder. So it's much more of a depth sensor. Yep. Um, so it does uh, 4K video at 60 frames per second. It does 4K 60 on the setting. And uh, I know the wide angle lens, the standard focal length does it. I haven't tested out tele, uh, tele but I... Uh, but the with a 12 megapixel, does. it should be able to do uh, 4K. Uh, so let's find out. We'll have to find out the report back. There's no 8K that I see anywhere. I didn't, did, did you no. see 8K somewhere? Uh, haven't, they haven't dabbled in 8K yet. Not, not one device of, from both them or Honor have been released with 8K. And what about the front camera? Does it does it do 4K 60? Because that's one of the things on the iPhone that I just love so much. Yep, 4K 60, baby. Yeah. I was like, so right the, the V30 Pro had 4K 30, which was something that uh -huh. I know. So I, I already knew, I mean, we know that the 990 should is capable to actually process that information. There's no question of it. We've had 4K yeah. for a while, but it's for some reason, we've always had the limitation of the front facing cameras being limited to 1080 for some reason. We're starting to see more of that. So yeah, 4K 60 on the front, 4K 60 on the back, um, as well as 4K 60 on the wide angle lens on the back. I didn't test the tele mostly because um, I was I was the subject of the video. So anything that is yeah. you know within arm's length, it's hard either, to do. Yeah, it's yeah. either standard focal length. Um, and if you jump into video, by default, it jumps into the wide angle lens and gives okay. you the 4K. Yeah, so 4K Got 60 it. all around. Does it use the ultra wide lens for st uh, for more stabilization for like crazy electronic stabilization like the S20 does, you know, where it switches to the ultra wide to when you go ultra steady mode so that it gives you like it has a lot of uh, I I want to say it does. Let me let me just do a quick uh, It has a lot of room for the electronic stabilization on that 64 megapixel sensor. It seems like it's uh no, you know what? Actually, no, it's, just, it, it's not cropping the it's using the wide but it's not cropping it. So it's not trying to stabilize it uh, electronically at least. Interesting. Samsung uses the, on the S20 and the S20 Plus, they use a 64 megapixel for 8K. They mm -hmm. use a regular 12 megapixel for 4K. And if you turn on the ultra steady mode, they switch to the ultra wide and use it as a crop, right? Exactly. Yeah. It's a, and a 1080p basically. And yeah. it's interesting. Um, so anyway, that's the deets on this phone. HDR video recording. Do we know anything about that? HDR photo, not HDR video. <laughs> no, no, that's what I'm, I'm talking about video. Yeah, yeah I don't, yeah, we don't yeah. know about video. No, no video yet. But we'll let you know again, this is why we're going to have another episode specifically around imaging on the P40 Pro. Now, the P40 is a slightly ch cheaper version. It has a 6.1-inch display that's 1080p, mm -hmm. and it's an OLED as well, but it doesn't have the waterfall uh, four sides. It's more of a flat display. Slightly smaller battery. Uh, it has a smaller battery, correct. That's a 3,800 milliamp hour. And the cameras still has a 50 megapixel sensor uh, with OIS, 
um, and the f-stop of 1.9, but it drops the telephoto to 8 megapixel, and it's a three times optical, very much like on the Mate 30 Pro, mm -hmm. and it drops the uh, ultra-wide to a 16 megapixel, uh, f over 2.2. Um, so that's the major differences, I'm, and I'm not going to go into more details. You guys can check this out on GSM Arena and anywhere else that has specs. The Pro Plus is interesting. There's a P40 Pro Plus, which yeah. is basically everything we love about the P40 Pro that we gave you, but it has a ceramic back, which mm -hmm. is one of the big differences. Same battery, same processor, same everything, except it has, get this, it has basically two telephoto lenses in the back. So it has an extra camera in the back in addition to all the cameras we gave you. In exactly. a nutshell, that's what it is. So the P40, the one we have, is is a you know 5x periscope zoom with a 12 megapixel RYYB sensor, right? This P40 Pro Plus has two telephotos in the back. It has a 3x telephoto with an 8 megapixel f over 2.4 NOIS. And that's basically what we saw again on the Mate 30 Pro. And that's a 3x. And then it has, get this, a crazy, crazy 10x optical periscope, also yep. 8 megapixel, f over 4.4. But none of these two zoom lenses have RYYB. They're the, the old sensors that we saw on the P30 Pro and the Mate 30 Pro, basically. They're, they're trying to achieve the higher uh, optical zoom. So it's kind of like the S20 Ultra, basically. Yeah. Like they're trying to do the ultra, the crazy zoom with it. Uh, but everything else about it is the same. You just get that extra, um, you know, so, the, the, yeah, the backing with the the cameras are about the yeah. The only main Correct. differences, yeah, yeah. So that's it basically for the P forty folks. We should move on to the V sixty. But uh, what a beast, right? This is kind of crazy. Like I really didn't. I, I figured that Huawei would outdo Samsung just because Samsung is not imaging focused as much as Huawei is. But I did not expect a fifty megapixel sensor with massive pixels and a massive surface area like that it's that was amazing it's a new standard which i feel like it's a good place for people to follow that that's the thing with the p series it's it's what really sets the focus right where people know that there there is the ability of using higher levels you know bigger sensors better quality of image better low light processing i think it's that's what people will start asking for and hopefully that it'll help other manufacturers push their tech with uh, with photography. It is the camera that's in your pocket, and if you definitely love photography and you don't you don't have that very big uh, concern about importing a device, you know the P40 could be a consideration. Uh, you know, keep it here, and I'm sure between Marion and all the other coverage that's going to be going on, it, you know, you're not going to be uh, you're not going to miss out on anything. Everything will be covered. Yeah, I think it's going to be a pretty BC device. But there's one last thing we need to talk about, which is at least for now, the big showstopper. Yeah. And we all know this, right? Like, you know this shoe was going to drop. The other foot was going to drop. And that's the, this phone, as awesome as the hardware is, and I have zero issues with the hardware. This hardware is impeccable. Mm -hmm. But the software, man. Like, I'm sorry. I don't think there's anything wrong in, intrinsically with the MUI, I'm, I feel that they've really done a good job with the MUI in the last few years at making it much more palatable to my tastes, which are pure Android tastes. It's definitely less quirky and skinned better and just fast as hell because it's, you know, it's, you know, it's highly integrated between the software and the hardware. Huawei is already, always able to provide incredible performance, uh, both in speed and battery life. All this is really positive, but the Huawei ban last year really just kind of 
killed the whole thing. I mean, basically, you can't run Google's apps on this phone, and at least out of the box. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Huawei really wants us to say that this is not a big deal, but I'm sorry, this is a big deal. I am not going to change my mind on this. This is, I run my business on Google apps, and I think most people in the West need things like Uber to work and Netflix to work, which won't work if you don't have GMS right now. Now, there are some versions of Netflix that are designed to work without GMS. You just have to find the right APKs. But like, there's so many apps out there that are critical to anyone who lives in North America, in Europe, or even parts of Asia right now that are not China, that yeah. I just question how, you know, how Huawei can be so gung-ho about it. Like, I know that they're trying to kind of like pull one of those, these are not the droids you're looking for on all of us media about this. But like I'm seeing the droids. They are the droids I'm looking for. Like this is not this is not going to work for me. Like this needs to be resolved. And so the reason I'm bringing that up is because in the past with the Mate 30 Pro, the, the Honor V30, V30 Pro, mm-hmm. all the other phones I've received from Huawei since the ban went into effect, there was a hack you could do. There's actually multiple versions of the same hacks as LZ Play. You know, there's a bunch of others where you can just re-enable Google mobile services, the basically the, the core functionality that lets the Google apps run properly. Mm-hmm. And now it's early days. We've only had the phone for two days and it just got out. So people are going to buy it and people are going to play with it. But right now, as it stands today on you know March 26th, the day of the P40 launch, mm-hmm. there is no workaround. All the workarounds that we're aware of don't seem to be working. Yeah, I, I personally haven't even tried yet. I've been I've been trying to see if I can function. I can I function tried without LZ Play having. Yeah, and no go. Mm-hmm. And so here's the thing: like this might change, but right now you really have to understand that if you're super gung ho about this phone, especially since it supports 5G in the US on low band for two carriers, apparently, this is going to be a hard one to to live with if. If we can't get a hack around this, and I hope we do get a hack around this because it needs to happen because, look, this Huawei ban is BS, right? It's, it's our regime trying, you know, it's part of that trade war they started with China. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's complete crap, but it's there and Google has to abide to it, unfortunately. But nobody's saying that you can't, when you buy your own phone, Make it work, right? Exactly. So I hope we can because to me, the best hardware in the world is is all great. But if you can't really run the apps you want to run on it, remember Windows Phone? Great mm-hmm. hardware, great features, great user experience. But the apps weren't there. The ecosystem was not, yeah, it wasn't, it, they didn't develop for it. And, you know, Huawei's big thing is, well, we're working on HMS, Huawei Mobile Services, which is going to replace and replicate and and you substitute a lot of the functionality from GMS, and all we have to do is convince developers to, you know, modify their existing apps, their existing APKs to support HMS as well as GMS. That way the apps will work universally on Huawei phones and phones that have GMS, which is Mm. the majority of Android phones. And you know what? That's great. Yes, awesome. Except forget it. I don't know of any developer in their own right mind that would spend the time and money to support HMS when... You know, the phones are even sold in the U.S. And we all know the biggest developers for apps in the world are based in the U.S. 
Like, there's a lot of them in China. Yeah, absolutely. But that's a local market. We don't see these apps. I mean, you can, if you want, install like, you know, WeChat and whatever. And I have a WeChat account. I love it. Mm -hmm. I have clients in China that I talk to all the time on WeChat. But my point is the core apps that really everybody uses in the West are made by American companies. How are you going to convince these developers to spend time and energy and money adding HMS support to apps on a phone that isn't even sold officially in Euro- in the US. Now it's sold in Europe, but I think, I think that's mostly uh, the the main launch area right now. I think yeah, they they're focusing mostly on the European market. Even though it does support the US bands, I'm yeah. not sure if the US is their market because I think he even But you know what I'm saying the developers are here. That's even true. if you know they have branches in London and in mm-hmm. in India and whatever else like sure Netflix has an office and developers in in Europe somewhere. I'm sure of it. But like my point is that like it's a tough sell like we've seen this fail over and over again we've seen this fail when blackberry tried to have you know you needed to tweak the android apps for for blackberry mm-hmm. phones remember when yep. the qnx blackberry 10 stuff was happening we've seen it countless times where like even look i'll take devil's advocate for a second amazon right the fire tablets they're they don't have gms they were no. basically a, a custom version of Android. Mm-hmm. And you you have the Amazon App Store, just like Huawei has the App Gallery. Exactly. But you can't find half the apps you want. Do you want Gmail on a Fire tablet? You're screwed. I mean, yes, you can install, you can connect your Gmail account with the email program, but you lose all the functionality. You lose labels. You lose all the important things. My point is that if Amazon, who's huge in North America, cannot get support for their own custom version of android from the developers who are based in north america how the hell is huawei gonna get support it's gonna be hard i think it's a very it's a tough battle and i think that in the process that they're trying to do right now is they're offering it as a as an option they i think also the fact is that they're banking on their user base outside of china uh they i mean i I realize in the u.s market huawei and honor may not be as as strong as they used to be or the, the position that they used to hold but in the European market, they've been actually carrying devices. They have physical stores. They're they're more present. Their presence is bigger there, even in the Middle East. Uh, surprisingly, I mean, just from looking on the statistics on my video that I did this morning, my Arabic video is doing better than my English one. For so sure. So I, I can see that there is a demand. I am not sure if the the dependency on the on the apps like specific apps that we generally use like we quarterly we truly you know value on a device any device we get we need to get that in i'm not sure if they're very reliant there i mean the youtube app i always know that's like international everybody uses it uh but like specifically like uber type of applications and as you said you know with netflix you know depending on the device that you're getting I think Netflix is actually the most likely to be supported on IHMS, actually, because Netflix, look at it, it's smart for them to be like, okay, we're very high, we have a big presence all over the world, including Europe and, and the Middle East and India. Don't forget this India. India is the big variable here. Billions of people, right? Mm-hmm. So you're right. Like I, I understand that Huawei has no choice. I get that. I understand that they're kind of screwed with this and they're doing the best they can. And I don't want to negate that. I understand their position. I just don't think this is the solution. Like I feel that, and even for Europe and mm-hmm. India, I feel like there are too many important apps that require GMS today that I use beyond, like forget the US right now for a second. Mm-hmm. Look at Huawei's core markets outside of China. And I'm sorry, they're deluding themselves if they don't think that the people are using GMS-based app. Uber, I mean, yep. 
Yeah. YouTube, I mean, the list goes on. Like, it's a nightmare for them. I don't know how they can get around that. I think it's, for now, they're trying to push web apps. So I, I actually did install a couple of, I didn't install them, but I ran a couple of web apps, shortcuts for YouTube and Google Maps. It, it's not a solution. It's a workaround. Yeah. So it's, they're saying, they, look, Google supports web-based applications. That won't be blocked. And you can actually you know run it on your device. It recognizes it's a mobile interface and it gives you the mobile UI. Uh, the reality is, Till the situation is fixed, till some type of a decision is made, either be it permanent or temporary, uh, there needs to be some workarounds. HMS is still in its infancy in the way, at least outside of China, uh, developers are working with. And if they can lure developers with money, and what I mean by like higher percentages of, uh, you know, basically from sales, then that could be an option. I mean, uh, that might be an option. The, the, the money will always, I mean, follow the money realistically. Uh, and we've we've seen and we've heard many, many stories in the past how, you know, uh, iOS and Android have kind of monopolized the the area, right? You, know, you basically have the Play Store and the iOS App Store. So having a third option, I understand Amazon and I, and I follow you with that. Amazon's, I think, mostly because of the closed ecosystem that they run themselves. Uh, the Fire Tablets, the Fire TVs, the Fire Sticks, all of those uh, hardware is designed to work specifically for Prime members. That's the best way to describe it. If you're a Prime member and you, you drink the Amazon Kool-Aid, uh, you know, I don't think you would worry about it. You don't get a Fire tablet because you want Google Play services on it. You get it because it's a great e-reader and you get the functionalities there. Um, and there used to be ways of getting Google Play services on it. But my hope is that something gets fixed between the the, the administration as far as decision-wise with the whole, you know, uh, the, the trade war and concerns. Uh, and at some point, that that, that just kind of lifts off of what we have with, with, uh, with Huawei devices or even Honor and we can just get GMS support back into our devices because I know they could do it easily with a simple update. It's not a, it's not impossible, but it's disabled to to comply with rules. And I was actually kind of surprised that um, they talked about it on stage today. That's the first time we've we've heard Huawei address it directly. Yeah, no, I mean, look, I understand Huawei's position here is difficult. I get it, but I'm not convinced that you can buy the developers. I'm just not convinced. I've seen it fail for over a decade and a half now. Yeah. Um, with all the the other platforms, and you know, I think I'm sure that Huawei's pursuing political solutions as well. I, I, I and look, I am totally on board for them continuing to develop HMS in mm -hmm. China. That's going to be very important. In India, that could be very helpful. There's no reason why they shouldn't continue doing all the things they're doing. My point is finally on this before we switch to the V60 real quick. Mm -hmm. My point is until you can get a workaround for this phone to run, to install GMS on it, I cannot recommend this phone as much as I really am super stoked about it. Super stoked about its hardware. And, and I think anybody on their own right mind will not accept the Jedi mind trick that Huawei is trying to pull on us, which is these are not the droids you're looking for because it's egregiously obvious you need Google support on this phone. That's basically my take. As long as they're running Android as a as a operating system, they yes, I, I can see that. The dependency is always going to be there. Are we are we ever going to see Harmony OS come out to or Hamong? I forgot I forgot the name of the uh, the uh, secondary I operating think it's system. Harmony, yeah, yeah. Uh, they're running it right now on like TVs. I think we you and I both uh, you've seen the TVs that they're running on it. Honor's doing the same. So we'll have to see. Uh, that could also still be something that they're working on. They're just not talking about. You know, maybe more For of sure. a releasing a phone with that UI. Uh, well, not UI. The reality is that if they abandon 
Android altogether in the sense that they make their own OS, mm -hmm. then APKs are not supported anymore. And it's even worse of a problem, in my opinion. I mean, exactly. the fact that right now on this phone, just to be clear, Twitter works, Facebook mm -hmm. works. Instagram works. Instagram works. So, you know, you're not Snapchat SOL. Works. If you can find yeah. the APKs and sideload them, actually uh, the uh, the Aurora store, which I demonstrated in my video where I talk about the GMS and the 5G, mm -hmm. is... Uh, look for it, Aurora, like the Aurora Borealis, Aurora store. It's a part of the F, the F-Droid packages. It is an app store. It's, it's actually a front end to the Google Play Store. So it creates an anonymous Google account and logs in as an anonymous Google account to the Google servers and lets you access the entire Play Store library. Interesting. And they get banned, these anonymous accounts, eventually, because Google realizes that something weird's going on, mm -hmm. but then they create a new one every time they log in. So <laughs> it doesn't matter. So, and it updates your apps automatically. It keeps track of which apps you've installed so that, you know, even if you log in as a different user, it knows which apps you've installed. I mean, it's really amazing. You know, it's, I'm sure that Google is having nightmares about it because it's really kind of circumventing the entire you know, every rule there is, um, you know, lots of, uh, what's it called, uh, terms of service are being thrown out the window, but it's not your problem because you're not creating the account and you're not even knowing what the account is that they're using to get your apps. Exactly. But you, you can find anything you want on there. Like anything that you know on the Play Store today is there. Of course, half of it won't work because it requires GMS. Right? I was about to say, yeah, no, exactly. The download at your own, uh, your own you know, experiment. And honestly, I, I wouldn't worry too much about security with this. This is this is a solid thing. The F-Droid team, you know, has been for years doing very solid work and they wouldn't put something on their own little distribution channels that isn't, um, you know, something they've vetted. So Aurora Store has saved my ass on so many phones, like Chinese phones that don't have GMS. And I'm not just talking about Huawei. There's the occasional phone from mainland China that I've used to get most of my apps in one shop, you know, rather than going to APK Mirror and manually figuring out which version of the app do I need, blah, blah, blah. Uh, right? Oh my God, I've been, yeah, that's that's what I had to do the last couple of days. They need to yeah. automate this big time. Um, and that's what Aurora does, but Aurora does it by basically circumventing and going right into the source of Google's Play Store. So V60, I was going to spend more time on it, but we have more to talk about and I want to keep the podcast within about an hour and a bit. Mm -hmm. So quick thoughts on the V60, if you don't mind sharing with me what your thoughts are. So all I can say is I haven't been impressed with the, with the, with the implementation of, of what we got with the V60 till, as I've done with other devices. The best way to say this is it's, it's a perfectly designed phone to work with a dual, disc dual display. It's a third generation version of a dual display that LG has been doing. Um, yeah. The cameras are solid. The quad DAC is absolutely fantastic. It's fabulous. Oh my God. If I had to, if there was anything that I could gripe about is the fact that I wish the case had a bigger three and a half mm jack opening. That's it. Yeah, that was. I said that about the G8X. You thought they would have listened. Yeah. Most of the, you know, you it doesn't work. Most no, of no. It, you can't. Specifically, if you're trying to listen to like a higher impedance type of headphones that that this device can drive, and you want to be able to enjoy it, I'm having to take it out of the case. So that's my only yeah. thing about that. I'm having to deal with it. But uh, a buddy of mine, Juan Carlos, mentioned that uh, there's a couple of adapters. So I picked up a couple of them. Hopefully, when when Amazon decides to to deliver, since Prime is funky right now. Uh, yeah, but, Prime is funky right uh, now. 
mics are amazing we have an additional mic than what we got last year the audio quality on the in video and in bokeh mode is definitely a lot better than it was when i first had my hands on this i haven't tried asmr mode but just uh, not that i want to but it's in there um <laughs> And then, you know, uh, the cameras are good, that the video quality is good, 4K, we have 8K uh, with, a, with a guaranteed 24 frames per second. It records at 26. Uh, I'm just very impressed. Uh, and it works great on, on T-Mobile. It comes down again, it's back in T-Mobile. And if the T-Mobile stores were open right now, obviously uh, we'd be able to check it out in stores. So the return to, L, uh, to LG is definitely very appreciated. So I'm, I'm happy with it. And I've had about a week or so uh, roughly with it, playing with it, uh, and I'm working up my review. Um, but yeah, kudos. And I think it's, they just need to do the, I think PR needs to be uh, done in the right way, focusing on the strengths of what this device has to offer, what is it good for, and who is it for? Uh, because it, it may not be everybody else, everybody's cup of tea because of the you know what it offers and what it does. And um, the UI actually overall is good. I, I think they've done a good improvement on it. Uh, LG's UI is definitely better. Uh, still needs a little bit of, uh, I'd say, swipe down to open notification needs to be there. Uh, we need to remove this whole swipe down the search. I don't know why they keep copying that. Yeah. I'm not as gung-ho as you are. I'm sorry. I, I feel like there are a lot of misses with this phone. Okay. First of all, the fact that you have to pay $100 more from, on most carriers right now to get the case. Yes. Uh, okay. That's the raison d'etre of this phone. The exactly. reason this phone is, matters, you're not going to buy this phone as a standalone. You should, you'd be crazy. You know why? I'll tell you why. Because right now you can buy a Galaxy S20 base for $800. They've just dropped the price to $100. You get 120 hertz, you get a better camera with a telephoto, you get, you know, so much more, basically. And you're going to say, well, the S20 has a small, much smaller screen. So if you want a bigger screen, I say buy the S20 Plus, which has also dropped $200, and you're not going to even bother at that point. It's like, I, I don't see the point. But here are my gripes specifically, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. I, it's a hard one, because I feel like, hmm. I want to like LG. I want to like LG. It's like, I don't know how else to say this, but they're just missing the mark every time. It's like, this phone would be great if it just tried a little harder. No 120 hertz or 90 hertz display, number one. It's, you know, it's priced at $900 with a case, $800 without the case. Now you're going to say it's undercutting the competition, but it's cutting features to undercut the competition. And on top of that, adding a feature that I feel is a gimmick, the dual display. And let me get to why I feel it's a gimmick. Mm -hmm. So my first gripe is lack of high refresh rate at this point for a flagship is unacceptable. Second is 1080p display on a 6.8 inch panel. Uh, I mean, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. That's all I can say. It's, it's still starting to get a little crunchy. I, I think that 1200 resolution that Huawei is doing on the P40 would be welcome here. Mm -hmm. um, teardrop notch feels kind of, you know, you can get a teardrop notch on a $150 phone nowadays, right? So it feels a little low end and cheap. Mm -hmm. That's all very relative. And then the lack of telephoto, the lack of a dedicated telephoto lens. And honestly, it's also a gripe for me on the S20. Um, you're going to say, well, the S20 has a dedicated telephoto lens, but no, it doesn't because the S20 telephoto is a cheat. The S20 telephoto is a 64 megapixel sensor with a zoom factor of 1.06. 
So optically, it barely zooms, and then it crops the 64 megapixel sensor, and then it also uses a 64 megapixel sensor for the 64 megapixel stills exactly. and for the 8K video. Mm -hmm. So it's a complete kludge on the S20. The telephoto on the S20 isn't a telephoto. It's just cropping this 64 megapixel sensor. And that would be great if that 64 megapixel sensor had 1.2 micron pixels each, uh, and again, this applies to both the V60 and the, v and the S20, because even though the S20 on paper as a telephoto is really using a crop of a big sensor, exactly. and technically the V60 has a main sensor that's 64, so it's also using cropping to, to, to do zoom. And the drawback is that these pixels are, are 0.8 micron. And when you zoom in to 5x or 10x or whatever, you know, a hybrid zoom, you can't pixel bin anymore. Like you, you just can't. There's no way because you, you're going to get really low resolution output if you pixel bin. That means you have to rely on 0.8 micron pixels in low light. I'm not seeing really good results zooming in with either the S20 or the V60 because of this, um, what they're using there. The fact that they don't have a true optical zoom. And if you're willing to live with that, if you just only want to zoom up to 2x, it'll be fine. Although in low light, it does fall apart. And I just feel that it over sharpens. So does the S20, mm -hmm. especially yeah, the in the processing. telephoto, yeah. you know, in the processing. Uh, this is not flagship worthy. Not, this is not worth $800 or never mind the th 900 with a case. Now we all know LG phones drop off the cliff really quickly I in was terms a, of pricing. I was about to say, just give it a couple, just give it a month. In yeah. two months, you'll be able to buy these things for 600 bucks. But when the Galaxy S20 is $800 and, you know, $100 more buys you, a, whatever it is, or $200 more buys you an S20 Plus mm -hmm. that has a high refresh rate display is generally more premium feeling and looking unless you want the dual screen or the quad DAC, which is absolutely sublime. I don't see any reason why you would buy the V60 at this point. Also, it's carrier locked. It is. There's no unlocked version you can buy. And right now, they're different version. The V60 for Verizon only does millimeter wave. Maybe has support for low band. I'm not sure. But they don't have a low band network yet anyway or a mid band network. Exactly. Uh, and then for sure, the T-Mobile AT&T version have, only have low and mid band. They don't even have millimeter wave despite T-Mobile and, and AT&T having millimeter wave support. Exactly. I think uh, I made sure to ask that. But yeah. So I'm just, I don't, I don't feel good about this. I, I don't feel like... This is, it's certainly not a phone you want to buy standalone. Mm -hmm. And if you, if audio is all that matters, then buy the phone. If you want a big screen for less money than an S20, well, about the same money as an S20, then maybe consider it. And you, you can stretch up to the S20 plus, but, mm -hmm. and then there's the, of course, the whole dual screen thing, the argument, well, it's the dual screen and it gives you more real estate and it's really awesome. And for some people, I agree that might be a great thing. I'm not that person. That's all. Like, I think this is not something I'm going to say is a bad thing, the dual mm -hmm. screen. I think this is a, something that you need to experience for yourself to decide if you like it or not and if it's worth for you or not. But for me, it's totally not worth it. I think the software is not well designed for this. I think it's a hassle. It makes the phone so big and bulky with the case that's unreal. And half the time, I don't use the second display because I get so frustrated with the user experience that I just want to pull the phone out of the case. I carry around a smaller, lighter phone that I can use with, you know, with this large display, I can multitask anyway. So I, I think that LG is basically like looking for a solution to a problem that doesn't exist at this point. And 
and that's the problem, right? That's that's the, that's my take basically on the V60. I, I feel like it's so, and I think that kind of circling back to the, the comment, I think I mentioned it. I I don't think it's everybody's cup of tea. I think the V60, as you said, was definitely will definitely benefit from being in the store. People need to try it to see what it offers. Um, the implementation of the dual screen, even though may need some work as far as the UI, is definitely night and day from what we saw with the V50 last year. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, but so- I had the G8X since then. There's no difference with G8X. The only difference is it runs Android 10. I mean, here are some things that I think is useful of the dual display. The control, the game control feature. I, I was about to half- jump into that. Yeah, the gaming, gaming on this Custom it's super specialized. Yeah. There's like three use cases that make the V60 worth it. Yeah. One is audio. One is the dual screen with the controller. Uh, the other one is, as I said, you know, you want a big screen phone for the that's a flagship and you don't care about the 120 or, hertz. Or if you want to run three apps at the same time, something that right now has been limited to foldables. Uh, you could do that True. here. Yeah. So yeah. It, it's a it's very much a productivity beast because of the way yeah. the hardware is set. And you have to kind of, yeah, you're right. I mean, the display, I would have I would have loved it if they were able to take the V50 display and went up with dual displays at the same resolution. Because they did that, they, they they had a problem with the initial release where they were having to downgrade the resolution on the V50 to make it work with the second display and it wasn't really very synchronized. Yeah, the fact that they have identical displays on both sides, but again, the G8X had identical displays on both sides too, True, so it but solved that problem. The, the G8X was unlocked and it wasn't a carrier-supported one. Now they're back in the store. It's so... It's a good step for them. I feel like it's a good step for, towards where they want to be, where they want to be in the future. It may not be the best LG device, uh, you know, out or as far as comparing it to other devices, like you know. And it's hard to compare it to Samsung's, especially since at launch, Samsung kind of chose to be that thousand plus. LG yeah. knows where they are, and they know exactly that they're gonna where where they're gonna feature is. We're gonna go in with a really good price point. We're gonna offer you may not be the the everything in the kitchen sink concept going on, but I feel like 60 frames per second in the UI, consistent 60 frames per second across, is something that we don't even see on the v, on the S20. Uh, try to compare the way the viewfinder looks like on the v, V60 and the S20. You'll notice the difference no, right. where they're they're capped at 30 frames per second, regardless of the 120 that you you know theoretical 120 that we're getting, depending what you're using. So they've done little things in there that I feel like will take a little bit of time for people to appreciate, but it does it does benefit having having them try it in the store. So I feel like this is a good yeah, move. Yeah, this is a tried for yourself phone. Yeah, absolutely. This is, you have to check it out. And I think the LG yeah. core, core fan base, I'm pretty sure I already bought it. <laughs> There's no question there. <laughs> uh, and I would have bought it too myself if I didn't get a review unit. Uh, I'm definitely a big fan. So hoping for future and I'm hoping for better software support. That's the other thing that I feel like we need better with LG. But we're not going to get it because we never got for the G8X. No. And it's not going to get updated. You see what I'm saying? It's like abandonware. Hence the hope. Hope. Yeah. Well, we'll get one update. I know we'll get at least one update. <laughs> There'll be like Maybe. some type of update to, to fix the band support or something like that. But uh, I hope so. Um, yeah. m- my point was that basically, you know, if, if you're looking at this phone right now, this moment with the S... That's 20 has it having lowered in price. It's mm-hmm. hard. Of course, the V60 is going to lower in price as well. We know this. Oh, and it was they were a buy one, get one free, by the way, at, at launch. But the thing is about the BOGO is like, I don't include the BOGO deals in my in my my buying process because, you know, you, you got to look at the absolutes. Only time you're going to get a BOGO is that if, if you get a new line usually, and like that doesn't apply to most people. Like That's true. You know, <sighs> carriers 
I, I freaking hate them, okay? It's like, like, stop it already. Stop it already. Just buy an unlocked phone, folks. You'll be way better off. Trust me on this. You can just roam around from carrier to carrier. And I don't mean roam as in roaming. I mean, like, change carriers at your leisure. Yes. Um, it's just a better way to go. And in that sense, the S20 is a better phone because it does support everything. I mean, the S20 Plus at least has millimeter. Mm-hmm. Um, two things that I think we should just mention that are important. Nokia announced a bunch of new phones last week. Yeah, yeah. And... Um, <laughs> Not a lot of coverage on that, but... Yeah, the 8.3 5G's got me really interested. It's kind of their flagship. It's Snapdragon 765 based. Mm-hmm. And it's got 5G on all the bands. So that's kind of interesting. It's a jack of uh, all yeah, trades. I, I feel like, uh, I feel like uh, Nokia is trying to, to, you know, to get something going here. And that's exciting to me. I'm, I'm glad HMD is keeping the Nokia brand going forward. That's That's the other thing I'm... You know, especially with BlackBerry kind of going under, I, I'm glad that they're doubling down on Nokia. So that's good. Yeah, no, I'm going to link to a story from Engadget that tells you about these phones. They also launched some lower-end phones uh, and a new Express Music uh, dumb phone, which is, uh, you know, kind of a an homage to the original Express Music series. It's cool. I love HMD and what they're doing with the Nokia brand. I just feel that they haven't quite found their footing yet, at least in the being competitive in the flagship world. And this Nokia 8.3 has got me intrigued because it's kind of universal 5G uh, Snapdragon 765, which I think is great. I think it's the X52 modem there, but yeah. The 765 has a built-in modem. It is, it is. But I think it's uh, the X50, 765 uses the X52 built-in as opposed to the X55 that's built into the 865. Right, right, built-in. That's what I mean. That's the whole point, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, So the other important phone that that was announced this week is the Redmi K30 Pro. And and just to be clear, the Nokias were announced right when we were doing the podcast last week. So technically that's last week's news. But the K30 Pro was just announced and I'm going to link to a Verge story so you can get the specs and the details. Here's what you need to know. Basically, last year's K20 Pro was a beast. Mm Mm-hmm. It was a $500 phone with a Snapdragon 855, and it was it had triple rear camera, including a telephoto. None of this, like, putting a macro or black and white as the second camera like Oppo likes to do at that price point. This is, like, the real deal. And we all love that phone that was a, a Xiaomi, because Redmi is a Xiaomi brand, that was a Red uh, Xiaomi Mi um, 9T Pro equivalent for Europe. Mm-hmm. And now we're getting a K30 Pro. The K30 Pro is a $500 phone with a Snapdragon 865 and a quad camera system in the back, including a telephoto. It's a beast for the money. It looks amazing. I'll leave a link to the notes on that. Very excited about um, that. Yeah. Very, very cool, right? I mean, I, I'm hoping to get a review in it. I got the Mi 9T Pro last year, so I'm, I'm hoping to get uh, that K30 Pro in some variant or another. Couple of other things quickly. There's been some OnePlus 8 and 8 Pro spec leaks. I'll link to a slash gear story. So I was going to say quite see, a few, but yes. <laughs> yeah, if, you, if you're curious about the specs on the upcoming OnePlus 8 and 8 Pro, which hopefully will be coming out next month sometime, you should uh, should check that out. I just really hope that the, they come out to the US together, not just like they did last year where we only got one of them. I think they're aiming for the pros in the U.S. because people buy their phones through carriers subsidized. And I think we're more likely to see, it's possible they'll bring both unlocked, but I think it's much more likely that we see the 8 Pro on T-Mobile and Mm -hmm. then on beyond T-Mobile, potentially some agreements with other carriers this year. 
um, because Fingers it crossed. would make sense for OnePlus to expand because they're able to make more money that way because they don't have to stick to that five six hundred dollar price point unlocked. Mm-hmm. When they go with carriers, they make it, they can make it an eight hundred dollar phone and then you know subsidize it. So they make more money that way. Uh, I know it's cynical for me to say, but uh, it's a business. You have to run it. I get it. It, it is um, a business, absolutely. Uh, and then that's basically it for the the kind of the core news. Uh, wanted to mention that the Galaxy S twenty series that we talked about got an update on the camera front. And on my on the S twenty, it did. I I don't think the S twenty Pro unlocked. Uh, not Pro. The S twenty uh, Ultra received. Ultra. Yeah, the Ultra still hasn't received. Them. Yeah, we're still waiting for an ultra uh, camera um, autofocus fix. Uh, so that's I'll I'll keep you posted on that. But the other big news is that the the camera features of the S twenty series are coming to the Note ten and S ten, which might make you rethink whether you should buy a S twenty, huh? <laughs> <laughs> because uh, the cameras on the S ten and Note ten are pretty solid. Uh, then uh, quickly, also rumors on an LG G nine. Since we talked about the V sixty, the G nine like the Nokia eight point three is rumored to be a Snapdragon 765-based yeah. phone. So that's the news. I think that's uh, that's going to be definitely... You know, for some reason, I always thought that the G9 was going to be like the international version of the V60, but I guess there are going to be some some changes. No, the- I think this is going to be a smaller phone because the V60 is a honker of a phone. I mean, that's the reality, right? It is a big phone. I no, I'm, I, You don't hear me disagreeing there. It is definitely... And it needs... It, it's definitely a big pockets kind of thing. Totally. All right. Well, we should wrap it up. So, TK, let tell people where they can find you uh, now that you're flying solo. Yes, um, I am actually uh, easy to find me. Just TK Bay, uh, TK, and then B A Y on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook, uh, and or TK DSL on those as well. So TK DSL eight six five five. Um, and you always find me, you know, commenting and uh, around Marion's, uh, you know, posts on Facebook and on Twitter as well. So easy to find. That's right. You should all subscribe to TK's YouTube channel and follow him on all the social networks with his super awesome handle. What is it again, TK? So it's uh, TK Bay on YouTube and TKDSL8655 on uh, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Ta-da! All right. And you folks know where to find me on the internets. I'm at Tankerl. That's T-N-K-G-R-L, like the comic book character, but drop the vowels. T-N-K-G-R-L on Instagram and on Twitter. Twitter is where you want to discuss this podcast with me. Instagram is where you want to look at photos of phones and photos taken with phones. So if you want to see the photos I'm taking with the P40 Pro, you should check the Instagram in the next few weeks. Then there's, of course, a YouTube channel, youtube.com slash mobile tech podcast. If you want to see me unbox the P40 Pro and the V60, that's where you want to go. I don't just do unboxings. There's some hands-on, some reviews. I do a lot of audio stuff there, like uh, testing, you know, true wireless earbuds and noise-canceling headphones and stuff like that. Check it out. Stuff that I don't necessarily go into depth in the podcast about. And then uh, if you stumble on this podcast by accident, uh, mobiletechpodcast.com is URL. You can subscribe on uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Spotify. Please, if you can rate or review the podcast in your platform of choice, please do so. It helps us a lot to get good ratings and us being me and my guests. So uh, yeah, that's it for me in terms of where to find me. And I want to thank our sponsor, Audible. Audible has been with us since day one, and uh, they are a really fantastic platform for audiobooks. If you can't read a book, maybe you're a delivery driver in these crazy times right now, and you need to uh, 
get a bit of sanity by driving around. You can't read a book. So you're going to have to listen to one instead. And Audible's got you covered. They are the platform for audiobooks. So check them out. I'm right now binging on the Star Wars adaptation of the latest movie, which is a nine-hour epic audiobook with, you know, great, like, soundscapes in the background. That's It's really immersive. It's really cool. I love Audible. I think you will too. Check it out. If you want to support the podcast, just try the special deal we have. It's 30-day free trial. You get to keep a book at the end. You don't have to stay, and we still benefit here, the podcast. And there's a URL for that. It's audibletrial.com slash mobiletech. That's audibletrial.com slash mobiletech. I'll put that link in the show notes. So if you want to support the show, please click through and you don't have to stick around if you don't like Audible for whatever reason, but I'm pretty convinced that if you try for 30 days, you might actually like it. So support the show. Please donate. There is a donate link in the show notes. Please help us out. Uh, we'd appreciate it. And that's it, folks. Uh, thanks, TK, for being on the show again. Really appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me. And uh, yeah, I know it's been a little bit since we've seen each other, but uh, be safe and stay safe. That's right, folks. Be safe. Please wash your hands. Stay at home. You know the drill. We'll get over this crazy virus. All right, folks. Stay tuned for another show next week. And until then, cheers, everybody. This has been the Mobile Tech Podcast with Tank Girl, proudly presented by worldpodcasts.com. You can visit us online at mobiletechpodcast.com.